0: Welcome to the Polygon Show. I'm Simone de Rochefort. And I'm here with Allegra Frank. Hello. And Chelsea Stark. Hello. It's us. We're done traveling.
1: Ugh, sadly. Well, for a little bit. Ugh, wait, where are you going? going away again. Where are you going? But I won't miss the show this time. I'm going to Nevada in September. Wait, you're just going to go to Area 51. I'm right? going to Area 51. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully I'll come back.
0: I hope you come back, too. I feel like that's honestly your beat. So. It kind of is. Yeah. Um,
1: but, well, shoot, otherwise. You're going
0: to Alien? Japan in September, right, Chelsea? No,
1: November. November. So. November. Oh, wow, blowing goodness. up her spot. But you're going to Texas. I'm going to Texas, yes. So, no, still traveling.
0: I, they call it, it the Japan of the United States of America. <laughs> that's true. They're very similar in that they were, hmm, I don't even know how to finish that. No. Both have cows. Good food. Cows. Cows. Mm. Cows and good food delicious beef anyway video games are the things that we talk about but also tv as well so welcome to the show Thanks. Welcome back, Chaotic Simone and hey, welcome Allegra. Welcome back.
1: Welcome
0: back. Uh, and thank you so much to Abby Russell last week for coming on. We had a super fun time with you. Uh, we'll have to bring her on again when you're here, Allegra, so that we can enjoy. Yeah, well, okay. four of us. Whatever. Um, Today's show, we're going to be revisiting <laughs> Outer Wilds, which uh, Chelsea herself revisited. We're also going to be talking about the Invader Zim special on Nickelodeon, and I will... Not for the last time, but for a sort of last time, be talking about Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which I finally beat. I'm so proud. Uh, But we're going to save that conversation for the end because I I feel like it's been almost a year and I've been playing this game for hundreds of hours and I've talked about it on the show multiple times. So during that segment, I am going to get a bit spoilery if you guys are okay with that but don't worry that won't come to the end because first we're going to talk about outer wilds chelsea you finally beat it finally yeah the game is apparent i mean like if you actually are good at the game it is only 12 hours 12 to 15 wow turns out uh so here was my solution for outer wilds uh can
1: you remind us
0: what it is yes i'm sorry i needed one uh, yes, I'm sorry! I'm so sorry. So, Outer Wilds is a space exploration game where you are a person who, like, you are a Hearthian, which is a four-eyed little alien frog race. They're very cute. And um, you kind of have a rinky dink little ship and you're just out there exploring your little solar system. It is like starts off with this chipper thing. It's like you're just part of the space team and they all are out there and it's so great and then it's like oh, suddenly there's a mystery because time seems to be looping. Mm -hmm. Every 22 minutes everything resets. So what is the mystery? And that is kind of like that starts as the kind of concept of the game Mm And and then it, it is a lot of trying to figure out why this alien race, the nomai, which are presumably extinct from your solar system, what did they do? What were they exploring? You're the first one armed with a translator that can translate their text. So it is like very mysterious, is you don't it is not a like a game where you fight or anything. There's no combat. You're just mm. armed with like ways to scan text, read read translated text, or like Scan for alien signals. All these kinds of things. Sounds yeah.
1: like No Man's Sky.
0: A little bit like No Man's Sky. <laughs> Game no Man I love.
1: Plus Heaven's Vault.
0: No Man's <laughs> Sky, yeah. Plus Heaven's Vault. No Man's Sky with a narrative, um, and also the no solar. No man's s- narrative. Mm. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> no also, the solar system relevant. is like tiny. It feels like you're inside a diorama, which a little is really baby solar. System. It's only it's it's only uh, five little planets, and you can see them all from. Your planet, you can just like watch them pass by, and they all like oh. seem really close. Do you guys ever think about space travel? Ugh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, clearly, you do. No, I, I hate it. I want to go to space. I would love to go to space. Ugh. I think a lot about. Um, I was reading Hyperion. <gasps> Yes, we may have talked about this before. When I was reading Hyperion... uh, I don't think we have, and I didn't know you read that, and that's very cool. Yeah, uh, it's a very large, dense sci-fi text that takes place in the far future, um, and humans have kind of spread to a bunch of other planets, and part of the reason that we did that was because we really fucked up Earth, I think, by creating some kind of either environmental disaster or artificial black hole, and when I was reading it, on the subway and I had to stop because I started getting really, really anxious because we are fucking up our planet but we don't know how to go to other planets yet. <laughs> it's scary. <laughs>
1: Have you seen Gravity, dude? Not yet. Don't See, watch I, I am it. scared
0: of space and space travel but we need to figure it out. Because we need to get off this fucking planet <laughs> before it kills us. I think about that all the time, honestly. Like I think about what we're doing to the planet and how we're gonna have to quickly find solutions to yep. any all of these problems, and like in our lifetime. And I, yeah, I, it honestly gives me a lot of anxiety. And just so everyone knows, I don't think the solution to climate change should be space travel. <laughs> I think abandoning we <laughs> I think we should work on you know being more green in general. That being said. We gotta have a backup. <laughs> anyway, Chelsea, that has nothing to do with Outer Wilds. <laughs> I mean, a little bit. There's I, lots of backups. I, actually, of Wilds. I, I feel like Outer Wilds, you think a lot about space travel um, because like, in and, and, and hopelessness of space travel almost. Oh God. Because you're going to explore, you're exploring all of these like, ruins of this society. And this society was really advanced. They were really ambitious. They were, they were like very into knowledge. And maybe that didn't lead them down the best path. Mm-hmm. And like that thinking about those ideas and what, and what the pursuit of knowledge can kind of do to people without the balance of like conservation. Oh no. It doesn't necessarily. It's not something a full theme of the game. But it's certainly something that I thought about. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the planets you explore has a black hole in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, well, what did they do to this planet when they settled on it? And, like, to kind of modify it. Oh, to make it work for them? Yeah. It's really, it's really, I mean, they they didn't settle it. Yeah. So. Man. it the Black game?
1: holes are real. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. I will tell you that, like, this game is really good at making my stomach fall into my butt. Uh, <laughs> your butt? Oh. Well, you know that feeling where you're just like, oh, God. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> because, like, there's a lot of, like, jumping over perilous platforms in, in low gravity yeah. and making sure you're going to land on said platforms And its first person. I think I've talked about this before, but also, yeah, the black hole and going through the black hole, which Mm-mm. you can do. Mm-mm. It, like, feels, you can feel it all over your skin. And, like, there's just, what? you know, that moment of just, like, whoop, I pop out the other side.
1: It's a 4D game.
0: (laughs) You have to install rumble seats in your couch before you can play. Oh, God. I just meant, like, it just, like, it definitely, it's so interesting because the game has a specific visual style that is not necessarily highly, like, detailed, and I Mm. actually still think it manages to convey a lot of mystery and expanse of space flight. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. and and just how uncomfortable it can make you feel without a lot of like super high visual fidelity. And one of the problems you were initially having with it was controlling the spaceship. Yeah. as it was flying through space. Yeah, I'm I'm bad. I think that the thing that I'm worst at at video games overall is flying, yeah. like flying a plane, flying a helicopter, any anything like that. And that includes flying in space because it is again like you are trying to approach something that is sometimes moving, like a planet. Mm-hmm. And some of the small planets, especially, which are, like, moving fast through space, are small, have very light, low gravity, and then you have a shitty spaceship. Like, it is actively <laughs> shitty, which I think is kind of part of the charm of the game, but also you're yeah. just, like, my You'd spaceship. Come from like, a tiny backwards planet, and it's, like, launching off a wooden platform. A wooden platform! Yeah. And fire! And they make ah. all these jokes in the game that's, like, yeah, I don't think the wooden platform will burn, and I'm, like, fine. Does <laughs> it burn? <laughs> no, it does not burn. So the planet were right. burns down. Whole planet catches on fire. It does. Falls into no. the sun. No, oh. it doesn't. I'm making up lies. Um, <laughs> it so, yeah. Oh, the oh. controls are really finicky, and also there's actually a lot of stuff you have to do that is challenging platforming mm-hmm. or like, fl- like flying your ship onto a maybe wreckage that is orbiting a planet. Yeah. So that's hard, and I am basically kind of gave up and was bad at it. Here's my solution. Make someone else play. Mm-hmm. Wow. I don't think this is Tell us more. a solution for everyone. I don't mean I talk about playing games with Sean all the time, but I was like, this is a perfect partner game. And that uh, my boyfriend and I just played together, and I could help him. Like, I didn't reveal any of the stuff that I already knew. I just let him figure that out on the, his own. But once we had reached the point where we were finding new stuff, it was really good because it's a good game to like solve together. There are mm-hmm. a lot of puzzles where it's like, oh, one of us figured it out first. One, of, the other one figured it out first. But he did the driving. <laughs> ah, nice. Which was great because, like, some of the stuff that you need to do is actually really tricky. Yeah, so you get to use your big brain, mm. and he gets to use his big hand. What?
1: <laughs> what? Ew. I didn't mean
0: it that right. way. I'm gonna go ask you want me to go ask him? Sean, do you have big hands? No, don't ask him that. That was the first thing I noticed about Sean when I met him, was his (laughs) massive Yahweh hands. Uh, (laughs) Stop! Actually, the first thing I noticed about Sean was that great time when I met him for the second time. (laughs) <laughs> and introduced myself to him because I, mean, I did not remember meeting him before. He, he, it was funny because he felt bad, but also could relate to your pain because that's something that I've, I've introduced myself to people the second time so many times, and they're mm. like, "Yes, we've met," and I'm like, mm. "Oh, have we?" Mm, it's just because I'm so memorable, oh. and I'm a dick, and I'm bad at face remembering faces. Um, but I know, I know your pain, and he felt for you (laughs) so it's okay so glad sean's a very nice guy thanks Um, sean uh but like i think that this is actually a great game to play together because you can someone can like kind of decompress and figure out like the work things to figure out the things and like take more notes and that's not true of all puzzle games right? no I don't think so yeah has anyone tried to play Blob is You with other people I don't know Ooh. I heard that that's fun I actually yeah. think that is what and he... by heard, I mean literally the day that it came out a bunch of people went into the den and played it and all I could hear was Ross shrieking with laughter and oh. people screaming
1: <laughs> Blob uh, is You definitely would benefit from actually other people I think that's what he and I are going to play together next because it seems like that perfect anytime yeah. anyone mentions Baba is You it makes me want to replay it or just fit, keep playing it, Finish not like it. I beat it because hell no, I'm not smart.
0: But I think the difference, the distinction lies in like, is it a puzzle game mm-hmm. of like solving a sorry, I'm kicking someone as I try to cross my legs under the it, table. It, it was me. Chelsea, you win. Um, trying to put together puzzles like in Baba is You right. or Outer Wilds versus something like, say, Return of the Obra Dinn, which I think might be different because with anything where you're looking for something in the environment, as the non-driver, I think there's this feeling of like, well, wait, I need to try this for myself because maybe you're just not looking right. And maybe yeah. if I experience it for myself, I'll look right and I will see the thing that yeah. you're missing. Like
1: Her story seems like it wouldn't be good with other people. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, yeah, that might be hard. That seems definitely like an experiential
0: thing. Maybe. Yeah. But some I also have recommended her story to people who may have a partner who doesn't play a lot of games because mm. I think it's a good thing to... Oh, yeah. To, like, ex- like experience with someone who maybe just is, like, unsure of why video games are for them. Yeah, I
1: mean, just as long as one of them shuts the hell up. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> I definitely did. <laughs> I will no talking. I will say I had moments where I was, like, no, I wanted you to do this.
0: Because mm-hmm. Sean is very much, like, he is after the challenge and the chase, and so I'm, like, wait, I told you that if we did it this way, you would not die, and you just died. <laughs> well, yeah, stuff
1: like that is infuriating. But at the
0: same time, it's, yeah, you know, you're just like, and he's like, all right,
1: fine. So do you think you would've been able to finish the game without Sean coming yeah. in as your uh Yeah, linchpin?
0: but I, I didn't necessarily want to. It was like, I always felt like the controls were so frustrating to me that it kind of t- robbed the joy of it. Which is, I mean, I think also, though, if I maybe had found one more discovery, I would have stayed hooked in, but I had, like, missed enough stuff that I was just like, I'm so done with this freaking game. Yeah. And, yeah, I just, I don't know. I feel like, uh, I'm not a real gamer, but fuck it, I don't care. Like... Bad feel. Bad it's not a feel. It's the wrong feel, and nobody should feel that way. It's not true. I'm glad you figured out a way to make it work. Also, the ending is, like, I'm not gonna spoil it, but I will just say that, holy shit, this ending... Was beyond the scope of anything that I had imagined that this game could have, and it made me feel so melancholy about the universe. Oh no! And it made both of us cry. So that will just say, oh yeah, yeah, like awesome. (laughs) It was just like incredible, and I'll probably think about this game for a long time. And if you like, if you're interested in physics or exploration or sad stories, this game is good Mm -hmm. for you. It's worth. The challenging controls. I'm definitely gonna um, pick it up. I Actually, just asked for code for it because it will be in contention for Game of the Year. Oh,
1: don't talk about that.
0: I have to talk about we've it. We've already oh,
1: we've started the <laughs> talk to see
0: our lists like right? <laughs> yeah, we there's already a list of 52 potential Game of the Year contenders. And you know what's not on that list yet? Link's Awakening, Pokemon Sword Shield, Sayonara Wild Hearts everything that, like Doom Eternal, After Party, every big title that's potentially coming up mm. in the rest of 2019. Ooh, uh, the the Star Wars game
1: that actually sounds good. Oh,
0: God, yeah, I totally forgot about that.
1: <laughs> well, it's cool we can all agree on what the best game of 2019 is.
0: Assassin's Creed Odyssey Atlantis
1: DLC. I was gonna say Pokemon Tetris, Girl. which is Tetris always the best game of every year. Yeah. Tetris 99. Sessions 9 came out this year? Yep. Oh, damn. Did yep. it?
0: Pretty sure it did. Oh, my
1: God. I think you're right. Yeah.
0: Fuck. I can confirm this right now. Oi. But first, hey, wow, let's take a break. Chelsea. <laughs> Wait, I lied again. I want to talk about this Pokemon <laughs> birthday thing that Allegra found. Yes. Finally, I meant to open the show with it and I was going to talk about it, but then we did the ad and now I'm going to talk about it. Allegra. Hello. You found on Twitter. I did. This beautiful thing Yes, from uh, tweet tweet user Great Macau. And it is a calendar of the year with a Pokemon for each day of the year. So yep. you can find your birthday Pokemon. Allegra, it, what's it looks your birthday like, Pokemon?
1: It looks like this calendar only covers Kanto through Hoenn, which are Jen's one Controversial. Three. Yes. So I already take issue in that. Um, I'm not exactly sure how it's parsed. It might, I don't know if it's... I think it might just be 1 through 365. Maybe that's why. Oh. Yeah. So I guess whatever your birthday is. That makes sense. Corresponds to the number of Pokemon that, and number of days.
0: Does that mean if I was one day earlier, I would have had a better Pokemon? Yes. I mean, yes. Chelsea, it's all what was your Pokemon? Gold Duck.
1: Golduck. Yeah, Chelsea's birthday is July 17th, and that corresponds to Golduck. I'm now looking again. Um, and my birthday is December 3rd. Wait, which...
0: July 17th? No, you're actually Murkrow, Chelsea. That's oh. horrible.
1: I hate Murkrow. Oh, Golduck. no! Wait, okay, so you would have been
0: happier with well, Golduck? Uh, I just keep catching Mercrose and Pokemon go and I'm like, you're ugly. Aww. Oh I I think it's cute it's like got a little witch hat. Oh uh, I guess it's a little witch it's hat a dark. Type. I could honestly not tell you like that that picture is so freaking small. It is small. Uh, Yes, it is a very small picture. If I had been one day earlier, I would have had Umbreon, which is a much cuter. Oh, dang, yeah. you're right about that.
1: Um, My birthday is December 3rd, and that is Lunatone on the calendar.
0: I want a Lunatone so badly.
1: I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know. I mean, Lunatone and Solrock, they're the sun and the moon Pokemon. They're just not cute. Not that I should be a cute Pokemon, but I don't know if I feel like a moon yeah, Everyone
0: wants to be an evolution. Yeah. I um, mean,
1: yes. Why wouldn't you want to be an evolution? That's like the best ones. Or a starter or something. I mean, Lunatone is better than, you know, I mean, a this lot really favors early birthdays because if you have,
0: you know, if your birthdays, if you're a few months of the year, you get a Gen 1 Pokemon. And if you're like January 1st, you get a freaking Bulbasaur. Ew. Yeah blessings. Well, I just (laughs) suffered my own disappointment because I also misread the calendar and I thought I was Ludicolo, but actually I'm Lombre. Oof. The worst version of Ludicolo. (laughs) Lombre. I was so excited to be Ludicolo. God, this sucks.
1: Oh, always the Lombre, never the Ludicolo. Wow.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, this has been an interlude about a shitty tweet. (laughs) Disappointed all of
1: us. I mean, Um, I'm glad that you guys are all Murkrow fans. That
0: makes me. I like like you, but you hate yourself. Yeah,
1: I think it works. We all kind of hate the Pokemon that we are, but we all like each other's Pokemon. There you go. Yeah, like I like Lombre. I like Murkrow. I don't feel anything about Lunatone. And honestly, that makes sense for me. I think Lunatone's great. But, you know, that's just us, folks. Different strokes for different folks. Yeah,
0: check out the tweet. It's in the show notes now. Surprise. (laughs) Chelsea, you had a chance to go hands-on with Nintendo's new tiny baby, Switch Lite. Tiny baby. Tiny baby. Uh, Yeah, that's kind of the theme of this episode. Mm. Tiny baby baby. solar system, tiny baby switch (laughs) lights, tiny baby Pokemon birthdays. Pokemon birthdays. Tell us about that thing. Oh, my God. It is, y'all, it is tiny. Really? So we brought a regular switch to compare, and just holding both of them, I was like, why do I have this giant monster thing when I could have this tiny baby that is so much lighter to pick up? Tiny baby. I would, I mean, it is very beautiful. I held all three colors. I would say... The yellow is actually much nicer in person than you think. I thought it was the best,
1: so that's good to hear. Yeah, the yellow
0: is really pretty because it's not like a bright neon. Yeah, it's like pastel. It's or a, something? It's like a. Pa- it's kind of a rich pastel. It's not Ooh. a marigold, but it's very. It's very calm. I've always been pro the the yellow switch. I think it looks cute as shit. Yeah, it's definitely cute as shit. The turquoise is also cute as shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and has nice, like, contrasting face buttons. I liked it. Oh, yeah, it really. They all do, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe the yellow, not so much. But, <laughs> yeah, the yellow's kind of just, like, bright and bright. But still, but the the first thing you notice is because it's one piece, like, the back is very smooth. It's, like, also the whole thing's kind of a nice matte finish, and you can just, like, run your hand over the whole back of the console. Oh, it just, like, looks so smooth and pretty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it it is very nice. Uh, Mike McWhorter went with me and he said the buttons feel a little mushy. I don't know if I, I was like, no, they're
1: fine. Mm-hmm. They're
0: not as clicky as the
1: original mm. Switch though. Hmm. So do you feel like it feels durable even though it's a lot Oh, lighter? yeah. it feels. Like, I feel like this is definitely something that people should buy for kids right. or adult children. I always worry about my Switch. Like I keep it in a carrying case that has straps but sometimes I don't put the straps around the Joy-Cons um, or on it or whatever and like if I open it, I'm like, oh no, the Joy Cons got slightly jostled. Like, do they work now or are they busted? I know it feels so sensitive sometimes. If getting the Joy
0: Cons on and off, or getting the rails on and off Joy Cons, is honestly one of the most stressful things about a Switch. Sometimes. Oh no, I don't even bother with the rails anymore because I hate dealing with that, with getting them off. I've almost gotten them stuck so many times. Yeah, I, just I don't feel Ugh. that way about the Joy-Cons when they're on the Switch, though.
1: Yeah, I guess. I mean, like, yeah. usually it's pretty smooth, but... Sometimes I accidentally, like, hold the button or something mm-hmm. that slides it up. But um in general, like, what you were saying about being able to just slide your hand across the back, I'm like, wow, what a okay, unique so experience.
0: Okay, so this has been our erotic Switch Lite fanfic segment. Slide your hand. And the God bezel God, is really thin.
1: God, <laughs> uh, yo, that screen does look really nice though. Okay, <laughs> it's is the huge. screen? It's huge. I was going to say because it's. You said it's. it's a, a s- baby system. It's but. a
0: smaller. It is obviously smaller, but because the bezel is thinner, it looks like very big still in pop. on I played Mario Kart 8 and uh, Super Mario Maker. For Mario Maker Two? And, so, yeah. Oh sorry, go on. No, I was just saying that was that was what they loaded up. They only had one game on each, mm-hmm. so we couldn't like really do a lot of other stuff. So besides kids, who is this for? Commuters. Commuters. People, mm-hmm. Commuters who don't wanna go home and play on their T V. Yeah, I think so. If certain people I know have only like say they never plug in their Switch mm-hmm. I mean that was me for the first probably like six or seven months of owning my Switch I just even when I was playing Zelda dude, Zelda on a TV is so yes. nice though and I, I've, I've learned the error of my ways and now I use Switch on the TV but for the first long time I just didn't see a reason to do that so, it, and ironically now, part of why I feel like this is a great console, but maybe not for me, is that it doesn't have the ability to port out to the TV. Yes, and I definitely agree. And, like, that is that is a huge thing that it's like, oh, you you lose that flexibility. I would just say, like, it is really nice and light. Um, the Nintendo account systems seem incapable of supporting two switches. Oh, no. So, I, I talked to someone from Shreehouse, and they basically explained to me, like, if you set so if you if you own a normal switch and then you buy this, uh, every time your switch needs to be connected to Wi-Fi, your your little baby switch, your light, if you want to play a digital game, because it will have to check and see if that game is in use in another system. Mm-hmm. So you would have to basically make the little one your primary switch and the main one your secondary switch if it remains docked to a TV. And I'm like, too much work.
1: <sighs> yeah. So this doesn't sound necessarily Ideal or necess- or necessary for people who already have a Switch. Like, yeah. I don't no, see. They're definitely
0: play. not. I think that Nintendo is extremely just trying to pick up more people and convince more people to buy a Switch. Or if it's like, hey, you have a kid and you have one Switch at home and you want to give the kid a Switch.
1: Yeah, that's the only thing I see where, like, you have kids and you have a Switch docked and they're fighting over who gets to play with it. Like, Yeah. Outside or in the car or something. Or get their own.
0: (laughs) Or if you just like you've never purchased a Nintendo Switch, it's it's only two hundred dollars. This is like an easier price point for a lot of people and could even potentially get more people into being a Nintendo Switch Mm owner. And the Switch is really good. The Switch is really good. And these colors are really pretty. Yeah. Yeah. I have a friend who exclusively or not exclusively, but anytime there is a yellow version of a piece of tech available, like the the yellow iPhone. Um, now this yellow switch she will buy it immediately no questions asked Really, um, cool. I think she, she is probably very excited about this I think of her every time I look at it so Aww. that's nice <laughs> friendship <laughs> cool Allegra tell Hello. us about the Invada Zoom special on yes, tell me Netflix. Netflix
1: so I'm going to be real with you Uh-oh. um <laughs> It's not as dramatic as I made it sound. I just really wanted to say I'm gonna be real with you. Um Thank you. stop making me nervous. <laughs> so I was on vacation last week and What? Monday. Yeah. That's that's how
0: she's being real with us.
1: And so I went back to work yesterday, but I decided which was Tuesday, and I decided to work from home because I could not even comprehend getting out of my home and putting shoes on. Wow, vacation changed you. (laughs) I know. Um, So I spent most of the day on the floor and I was really bored at points. (laughs) So I took Ah. a couple naps and I watched TV. (laughs) And one of the things I watched while working from home was the Invader Zoom special. And I'm very glad that I did that instead of working. Because it was one, because I wasn't working, but two, It was really fun. It was a really fun special. So, I don't know. I think, Chelsea, you were an Invader Zim fan. We talked about this. Yes, we did. On the Petrona and Palmer episode. Oh. But, uh, Simone, are you a Zim person at all?
0: I was in middle school. Okay. That says a lot about the Invader Zim. I was an Invader Zim person in middle school.
1: Yeah, I was a fan. That's um, all there is to say. I liked it in third grade a lot. So... anyway, so we all are fans um, and it kind of speaks to also the point of like Zim being I think it's very likable and accessible by people of a weird widely like very wide age range and mm-hmm. I think the special holds on to that at first I was afraid that um because this is the first time Nickelodeon was bringing back this very beloved cult show uh, which got canceled early I thought they might lean into the fact that a lot of the people who are nostalgic for it are older now. But they didn't lose that this is just a really wacky cartoon. It's just like so silly. It's just Dib is this human loser boy who believes in aliens and all kinds of supernatural stuff. And then he meets the new neighbor kid who turns out to be an alien, Zim. And he wants to prove that aliens exist by getting rid of Zim before Zim destroys the earth. Yada yada. And this basically maintains that premise. And it just kind of has the same sort of hijinks of oh, Zib says there's an alien and no one believes him and the alien's in nincompoop. (laughs) (laughs) But this time around, Zim does actually get away with, I'm not going to spoil anything, but he gets very close to completing his The stakes are raised, basically. The stakes are raised. But the thing that I thought was fun is that the still, there's this heavy tone to it where it does, you do realize the show is kind of fatalistic and like, Everyone hates each other and themselves for the most part, and no, like it's very nihilistic, really. Actually, where Zim just kind of wants to blow up the world, and you feel like someone's gonna die or something bad's gonna happen. It's always a little scary and very gross. Like there's always like gross garbage everywhere. Like
0: courage the cowardly dog style. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
1: but Zim just has way more heart. I think like. This special reminded me that, no, it's not that everyone just like is self-absorbed and doesn't care about each other. Uh, Gaz and Dib love their dad, who ends up getting kidnapped. And (gasps) Zim really wants to prove himself to the almighty tallest, who don't care about him. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, you know, so everyone sort of has someone they're trying to please or protect. But overall, aside from that, story which does indeed have the higher stakes that make it a little bit anxiety inducing actually. It's just like really funny and silly, gers, wacky and dumb as always with his weird high pitched voice. And there's a really great part where basically um one of the ways that Zim is trying to take over the world is it's this thing called World Peace Day and the idea is to have Every child in the world hold hands, kind of like if you guys saw us. <laughs> I
0: was gonna say <laughs> yeah,
1: hands across America. It's like that, but I mean that was a real. St- oh yeah, I thing. forgot. You know that fictional thing from Us, Hands Across <laughs> America. It's like that, except it's the entire world and it's just children.
0: Did they do it? <laughs>
1: I think they did in real life. Wow, you can check. I guess. Uh,
0: yeah, keep keep talking.
1: Um, so it's really so already. That's stupid. Because it's all these kids, and then that you see like weird, like pits of lava that are separated. <laughs> the kids and Sims, like, work harder, children. And then the kids are like jumping over pits of lava. But the way to get the kids to like complete the chain is Sims, like, girl, you have to come up with a song to encourage the children. Oh, no. And so, Girl comes up with this amazing song that's literally just like, nice, nice, nice. Being nice is better than meat and rice. Like, it's just so stupid everyone sings it and it's just so funny like there's just really really dumb parts like that where I was just like laughing out loud um yeah I don't know it was just it just took me right back to the original Zim which I also really still love just because it's like kind of loud without being brash and it reminds me of old Looney Tunes stuff like there's this literal like I remember this one frame in this movie where Zim and Gur are on like Top of the Earth, like the Earth is really small for some reason. They're running, and so they're basically running like on a treadmill because the Earth's just spinning. And it just looks like a freaking old like Looney Tunes cartoon or something where they're just running in place.
0: That's fun.
1: Um, Yeah, I don't know. I really, I really enjoyed it. These Nickelodeon revival specials have been a lot of fun for me. Rocco and Zim are good picks, kind of very different picks, but both have a lot of love from. All people of all ages, and they still can appeal to young and old fans. And I really love both of those shows a lot. They're two of my favorites. Oops. So I'm glad that both have been pretty fun to watch. What other show, Nick Showed, should get its own spinoff movie that doesn't exist anymore? You know, yeah. I was thinking about this with my friend. Um and they said Angry Beavers, which I think is uh, I don't not my choice. Not yeah, that's like that's up with cat I dog. I don't want that. Like, I loved Angry Beavers, but there's no real story there. Um, and Hey Arnold already got a spinoff. Hey yep. Arnold would be a really. Hey Arnold
0: is quality. Yeah.
1: Um, Doug might uh, be cute. I love Beavers. Doug. But Disney Doug owns be, Doug now. Yeah no. yeah. no. Yeah. Disney owned Doug, and then it got Disney. Yeah. It got all Disneyed. And Doug had a movie called Doug's First Movie, which was also Doug's last movie. <laughs> Doug's only movie. So <laughs> stupid. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's really hard to say. Rugrats. Rugrats is coming back. You know, the thing is, do you guys remember All Real Monsters? Wild Thornberries. Yeah. Wild Thornberries. That's yes. what it should be. All yep. Real Monsters is good too. All Real Monsters, I
0: don't think has enough plot either. And also, I don't think I remember any details from any of the episodes except the guy
1: holding his eyeballs. What about oh. My Life as a Teenage Robot? Now that was a great show
0: this is we're getting I, don't, in, our, I didn't oh rocket producer, power. producer yeah, Jelani
1: yeah. is a real one over there he agrees <laughs> yes on my life is a teenager robot we're getting so into underrated. the. so I've been All watching
0: right. a lot of TikTok and uh, there are multiple memes about the New York or the New, the Nickelodeon Hall of Fame and then shows that shouldn't be in the Nickelodeon Hall of Fame but the shows that are in the Nickelodeon Hall of Fame I was like I haven't seen a single one of oh, these no, shows oh no like what I know Zoe 101 was in there love it um uh drake and josh Love it. still haven't seen that I, I just dating myself i'm trying to think of some <laughs> other shows from that time because i literally don't know any of them. my go-to is always cat scratch cat <laughs> scratch is not man. in this I meme know. that is like a little but i'm just thinking i'm like Fuck and, Pelswick. and i'm like damn none of these kids have seen pete and pete or clarissa explains it all or all the shows that i was like or the terribleness of hey dude or Legends of the Hidden Temple. You know, I yep. never saw Pete and Pete, and I'm really sad about that. Pete and Pete, I feel like,
1: would honestly be one of your favorite shows if you yeah. ever saw it. Good it shit. So
0: fucking surreal. I know.
1: It ended like before I was born. And, and I do I not know how to watch it. it either. That's the thing. I
0: found a couple episodes on YouTube, and that's how I watched it, because I think it was also a bit before my time. Like, yeah. it, it ended in 96, and I was six years old. So I think it would have been a little too. I feel like that's a show I also, like, I didn't even understand what was happening because it's so weird. Like, there's a whole plot about someone's, like varicose veins and like a recurring (laughs) bit and I was like I don't understand this I'm 10 and but it was so freaking weird and didn't Iggy Pop play a bus driver yes there are whole episodes on YouTube okay Um, great I started watching it because I was really into Band of Brothers when I was in high school and the guy who plays Luz is in Pete and Pete my friends are very into Band of Brothers when we were in college so very same We yeah we've all been in that time of our lives when we're really into HBO's Band of Brothers brothers. very specific (laughs) But I remember. (laughs) It's a really good show. Yep. Ross from Friends is in the war. Oh, God. (laughs) And that's what it's about, folks. Well, it is time, I think, to transition to a minor Assassin's Creed Odyssey uh, spoiler chat. Give me the spoilers. You've been with me for all this time. You know I've put, I think now it's been 100 hours at least into this game. Um, So I have earned myself... Spoiler chat.
1: I wish we had a little spoiler chat theme.
0: Badinga dinga. Yeah, we need like a st- <laughs> we, we need a stinger that
1: adds mystery to the air.
0: And that was just off the top of my head. I'm like a musical genius. ding-dingo. dinga. Yes. Bendinga dinga. <laughs> ah. Uh. <laughs> so, previously on Simone Play's Assassin's Creed Odyssey, I was exploring the Lost Tales of Greece, uh side quests, which were very, very, very good. You wrestled an oil man. I wrestled an oil man. That was actually a main quest. I, I romanced two brothers. Oh yes. yes you chose one of them with Barnabas. Uh, I did choose the one, the warrior. I made him a I think I brought him on my ship. You with all the, of my girlfriends. You made the poet sad. <laughs> he yeah. actually, he was okay with it. I did break up with him, but it was very respectful. Um, what else did I do? I had some, a nutty, nutty time. Um, but this was all because, and these were, these quests are very good. I actually wrote about it on Polygon.com. I wrote a whole article about how these side quests have really good writing, and they're delightful, and everyone should play them. Um, even though they're like free add-on DLC that don't follow the main plot. They're really, really great. But Simone, yes. To not to derail you too much, but I just bought because of you, I bought Assassin's Creed all Odyssey. Oh, because all, of me. all because of you. all because of me. I wow. bought it on a Steam sale with all the DLC for $40. all wow. because of me.
1: Feel very good about you this purchase. Did. But
0: can I just play the 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 Stories of Greece first? I really want to just like get to the good things. I mean, it's all good, man. Okay. That's the problem. I want to go to Atlantis <gasps> now, though. Oh, no, you can't do that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know when the, the Lost sea. Tales start showing up, but um, yeah. Oh, God, I want to go there so badly. Anyway, but uh, the reason I was doing so many side quests and trying to get all the trophies and stuff was partly because I got stuck on the Medusa boss battle, Ooh. which was very, very hard hard. Does the Medusa have like the powers of normal Medusa? Yes. Um it's slightly actually no. Be- <laughs> <laughs> if you'll remember, normal Medusa, if you so much as looked at her, you would be turned to stone. This Medusa shoots lasers out of her eyes that will like gradually turn you to stone. Oh. Um so this boss battle. Oh boy. You, it is in. It's an arena boss battle. All of the um, big mythical creature boss fights are, you know, in an arena. Um, and by arena, I mean an enclosed space that you cannot fucking get out of. And uh, there are a bunch of pillars all around. And she alternates between doing her laser eyes and then making lightning fall on you. <laughs> so, um, and then occasionally summoning stone men to come kill you. What? Ah. So this sounds like a Medusa inspired
1: by Percy Jackson and the lightning scene. (laughs) Uh, How late into the game is this boss battle?
0: Uh, It depends. I would say uh, it's definitely the island it's on is levels, I would say, late 40s, 50s in terms of level. Um, When you encounter the quest to get it, who knows? Uh, But... It was, for me, the last, the very, very last thing that I did. And it was the last oh, part of the, um, the story? last storyline that I needed <laughs> to beat the game. Wow. It was literally the very last thing. It was like, collect four of these things and go back to this dude. And I was like, ja. <laughs> she has it. <laughs> I need it. Um, so it took me forever and ever and ever. Uh, I died a lot, I lost my temper, I hurt my arm, I stopped playing, and then I was playing Control. And I got stuck on the first boss battle in that game. Uh, and it was very hard, very good game, very hard battle. And so I said, you know what, screw this. I'm gonna go play the other boss battle that I'm stuck on in the game that I'm very, very good at. And that mm. is Assassin's Creed. And so I finally sucked it up. I beat Medusa by the, the, the minute that the, I killed her, my, I became so conscious of how tight my neck was. It was like <laughs> steel, like corded steel. Um, and I felt so good. And then I beat the game. And it is... It was such a good ending you guys and there was this moment when I was so worried cuz every other assassin's creed game I've played ends with this like big very obnoxious boss fight and I had this moment of like oh no I can't go through this again and then I remembered oh there are three discrete endings to this game like cuz there are three big main quest lines so there are three endings mm-hmm. and this particular one that I was on didn't end that way <gasps> it was just this like lovely Quiet, emotionally resonant ending. Aww. And then I went back into the open world, and
1: you didn't know with my th-
0: two dads.
1: <laughs> Did you know that that was the storyline you were sort of following—the like more optimistic Let one? Let it be I known guess. that she's flapping. I'm
0: flapping. um I so Susanna had. Susanna has a spiel about the three endings of Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Um, Which, so the three storylines are, there's a cultist storyline, you're wiping out the cult. You are in another storyline, you're trying to find your family. And the third storyline is, um, finding relics to seal Atlantis. Um, and that was the storyline where I had to fight Medusa. So I had already wiped out the cult. I did that first on Susanna's advice. Um, and then I reunited my family, (laughs) which is great. And then I finally sealed Atlantis, um, Because that's the one that also wraps up the modern day storyline as well. I don't necessarily... Having played it, I don't... I think that I could have swapped the order of the family storyline and the Atlantis storyline. But the really cool thing about it, if I can get very, very into spoilers for Assassin's Creed Odyssey, I'm double checking with you guys. Yeah, I don't mind. I I mean, I'm going to play it, but it's fine. Okay. So, um... Pythagoras, who is, oh, oh Assassin's Creed plots, um, the one who gives you this quest to go get the artifacts, he has this staff of Hermes, I believe, that is keeping him immortal. Um, so after you seal up Atlantis, you get all the artifacts, seal up Atlantis. Um, and convince him to give up his staff because he, he wants to keep Atlantis open in that moment. He's like, but we, we could do so much more research. And Cassandra's like, no, we got to fucking seal this up because people are going to use this knowledge for evil. Come on, let's go. So he finally agrees. Okay, I'll seal it up. Um, this is where I was afraid that it was going to be a boss battle, and it wasn't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then gives up the staff, which has been keeping him alive for hundreds and hundreds of years, and he dies. Um, poignant. And then uh, this is the moment when it swaps back to the present day um, where you have the character of Layla Hassan who has been following Cassandra's footsteps. She is in that same location where Atlantis was sealed. She just wanted those final pieces of the puzzle so she could figure stuff out. Um, And she finally has all, she knows everything now. She sees it all, but um, where is the staff? Where is the staff? And then Cassandra in the present day comes out with the fucking staff oh yeah she is. <laughs> she's immortal now and she's <laughs> wearing like this awesome suit and pants and she looks so good what um, wow. this is so cr- it's so good <laughs> this is buck wild I know Oh my
1: God. (laughs)
0: Um, So they get to meet face to face. Like she's been inhabiting Cassandra, you know, this whole time. Um,
1: But that's so interesting. But Cassandra also exists in her timeline.
0: Well, because it's all the same timeline.
1: I mean, in her present.
0: Yeah. Yes,
1: I don't freaking understand these games.
0: Well, <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> they okay. So Layla can inhabit Cassandra. Layla is Cassandra. exploring
0: Cassandra's memories in the past. Ah, uh, yeah, her yeah, game, yeah, like, yeah. Through yeah. the animus, and then Cassandra's also apparently still fucking alive. Yeah, yeah. But um, so they they meet, they talk, and then Cassandra gives over the staff to Layla and dies. And it was very, what? yeah, it was so good. And then it. Why was? You, she, why did she want to die then? Uh, cause she had gone her whole journey. Okay, cause there were, it, with the um, it's gonna get more esoteric <laughs> when you put all the artifacts together. There's this message from the precursors, um, and the the precursor has a message for Cassandra, a message for Pythagoras, and a message for. Layla, not named, but the person who is watching from the future. Um, (laughs) Fucking So Cassandra knows that, that someone is going to come in the future and, like, see Atlantis. Uh, Oh, video games. God, they're so good. Uh, (laughs) um, Yeah, and then you pop back into ancient Greece, into the memories. um, And it's just, it was so good, and it was just very lovely and quiet and a wonderful ending for a wonderful character except it's not an ending because I'm still fucking alive and I need to 100% that game and I'm at 90% trophy completion so it's still going baby! I was going to ask about your trophy so you don't have that plat yet I gotta upgrade my ship to legendary I have to complete every single underwater objective I have to do 20 bounty hunter or uh, something quests off the board I have to become the top bounty hunter. This doesn't sound fun, but sure. It's all the garbage that's left, guys. <laughs> oh, and I have to find Marcos. Okay, He's on some island. So anyway, long story short, <laughs> I'm still playing it. I'm excited to keep playing it. Um, I love it. It's a great game. But now I can start the Atlantis DLC. Because I finally beat the fucking game. I thought you were gonna be like Now I can finally rest. Nope. And you can hand your staff of mortality to someone else. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) God to you, Chelsea. (laughs) Now you get to play Assassin's Creed. (laughs) Yes. (sighs) And walk around in a cool suit. Yep. Well, that is our show this week. Thank you for listening. If you liked it, do please go to Apple Podcasts and give it a rating and a review if you so desire. And that will help other people find the show too. Um, I hope that you have all enjoyed Assassin's Creed or that if you haven't, this will convince you to play it because it's really good. Um, Thanks, everyone. We'll be back with you next week. This has been The Polygon Show.